The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Darian Veal, real estate broker with Exit Strategy Realty. Darian, thanks for being here, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. No, what a pleasure. Uh, and also just very cool story. <laughs> you know, you're telling me the commitment and the dedication to get into real estate. So I'm excited to talk about your, uh, your journey into it. Um, it's been, uh, it's been quite the journey. Um, you know, I think as we spoke about earlier, I've been, um, been an agent now for four years. What year is this? Okay. 22 yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been an agent for four years, uh, but my journey into real estate, um, um, started well before that. Um, you know, I've been a I've been a property owner. I've been a landlord. I've been uh, part of a foreclosure. You know, uh, on the bad part, uh, <laughs> foreclosure. Mm. Uh, I've been a tenant. So I've been kind of multiple sides um, of the real estate transaction. So you've been getting uh, primed and groomed for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, originally from uh, Chicago, but yeah. where, whereabouts? Uh, born and raised south side of Chicago, I guess in the, the neighborhood or the area that would be considered uh, Grand Crossing. We called it Park Manor, but I don't think Park Manor is actually a designated neighborhood in Chicago, so we'll call it uh, Grand Crossing. Yeah, so Exit Strategy Realty um, up originally from uh, like the Bucktown Worker Park area like we were talking about. Yeah. And what made you get into real estate? What was that draw to say, you know, I've been doing this, I got all these things, I've been on bad deals, and now I want to go do this full time? <laughs> um, really, honestly, man, it was to um, kind of push, I guess, home ownership, um, to see changes, um, you know, in the neighborhoods and communities where I was born and raised. Um, like I said, you know, I was born and raised in the Park Manor or Grand Crossing neighborhood. Um, I worked for, for a Fortune 500 company for 20 plus years, which is- Oh, no like, way. Yeah, which You don't was, look old enough to have worked. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, for 20 plus years. Um, and they were located in Lincoln Park. And what I saw take place, um, you know, with my own eyes was the transformation of um, those neighborhoods, Lincoln Park, specifically in the Cabrini Green area mm -hmm. is where our mm -hmm. old office used to be located. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I saw that transition from what used to be to um, what it is now. Meanwhile, you know, the neighborhood, the neighborhood where I grew up and the neighborhoods that I used to frequent, um, you know, Chatham, South Shore, um, you know, Grand Crossing, a lot of those neighborhoods, they look the exact same way now that they did um, back then. And so my kind of my purpose, uh, my why, if you will, um, for real estate was to, you know, advocate for home ownership, um, you know, get uh, to see if we can get some of that same transformation that we see in other neighborhoods in the city of Chicago, see if we can bring some of that transformation to the south side of the city. How's it been going so far? Um, it's a slow process. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's definitely a slow process. Um, you know, we definitely have some, some neighborhoods are transitioning. Um, some neighborhoods are transitioning faster than others. Some neighborhoods are transitioning slower than others. Um, you know, but the time it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. And one of the, one of the things that I was uh, interested in our conversation before we jump on the mics was just talking about, uh, how you chose exit and that you interviewed at several places. And I was uh, just interested for you to share that because 
I think it's so important, especially through the, and you being in it for four years now have almost like an equal comparison of pre-pandemic to post or pandemic, post-pandemic mm. life. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and the things that I'm sure that I've, and I've heard through a lot of, uh, brokers is that, you know, that, that became like an order taking kind of, uh, time when real estate's hot, you go out there, you don't really have to work for, for leads, but, but now we're at that point where if you have that experience it's very beneficial. And if you haven't, you might see yourself out of the industry, right? Mm-hmm, right. What for you um, stood out about exit that you now believe is preparing you for that time? Um, it was definitely so. When I when I sat and I met with uh, I met with our CEO, coach, trainer Nick Leibert. Um, I had a, I set up an interview with him, and one of the biggest things that he spoke about um, was training, and not just not just not just training to onboard, not just onboard training, but consistent training, like consistent training while you are, you know, while you're an agent, while you're out in the field. And I think um, one of the things that I that I really like the 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 gentleman that that I met, um, this guy I went to high, the gentleman that actually introduced me to Exit, guy I went to high school with. Um, we met at a mutual friend's um, funeral, you know, hey, un- right. yeah, unfortunately. Um, but he was wearing a, an exit pin on his lapel. Um, I, you know, and at the time I was actually, at the time I was actually taking the class, um, to get my real, to get my real estate license. And so, and not just the class, you were taking the accelerated class where you had to be there and you didn't, there's no excuses. Yeah. So I, I took the, I took the crash course. They offer a couple different options. I took the crash course, um, 10 straight day, you know, Monday through Friday, two weeks, you're there from. 8:30 to 5 or whatever the case may be and then you can only miss a certain number of hours in the class um, and if you exceed that time then you essentially fail the class and you have to start mm-hmm. over and so for this funeral I literally this is like it's like Tuesday Wednesday of the second week so I'm you know let's say three-fifths of the way done and I've got this funeral so I, I'm taking class downtown Chicago at the realtor building so I leave for lunch run to the south side, run to the south side for this funeral, stay for the funeral, and then I speed it back downtown Man. to the realtor building, right, so that I, you know, so that I don't have to start this class over. But, right, so I run into him. He's got a, an exit panel on the lapel of his suit, and I said, hey, you work for Exit. You know, I know an investor who is also who's also a realtor at Exit telling me good things. So he and I, we linked, we connected, you know, after I passed the class and passed the test. He gave me Nick Leibert's information. I met with Nick, and one of the things Nick stressed and talked about was training. And it wasn't just this training, like, oh, we're going to train you, you know, to be the— it wasn't It wasn't fluff. It was yeah. just like, hey, we're going to train you, but it's not just we're going to train you, you know, when we onboard you. It's going to be constant training. Like, even while you're realtor, even while you're conducting transactions, we're still going to train you. One of the things that I liked the most was Nick isn't— He's not a guy who just kind of sits back, sit back. Like Nick's been doing real estate now for 20 years. He's not a guy who who trains based on transactions that he conducted five, six years ago. Like he is a guy who is out in the trenches with us, with his agents. And so he speaks to when he trains us, he trains us on things that he is implementing in his own business, things that he finds to be successful, things that are working for him. And those are the things that he trying to say, hey, you know, I met with a client yesterday who did X, Y, I met with a client yesterday, <clears throat> you know, I did X, Y, Z, 
this might work in your business also. So it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very, it's, it's hand, it's hands-on training. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's hands-on training. <clears throat> Take me back to when you first started versus now when, you know, it, it seems like, again, just from the state of the market, people, I mean, the, the time in the, in, in, in the industry. Um, but as far as when you first started, you're, you're establishing yourself, you're getting your name out there, you know, you're meeting people, shaking hands, you know, going to events, um, content, whatever that is, right? How is that different or, or aligned with what today is about having to almost, I don't want to say reinvent yourself, but get out there and, and, and let people know, one, you're still in the industry, too, um, that they got to buy from you during this time, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's constant marketing. It, it's constant marketing, and I think that's one of the things that I didn't quite understand. Um, you know, when I, when I first started, um, I've kind of had to switch my mindset to I'm more of a, not just a real, I'm not a realtor. <laughs> I'm not a realtor who has to market himself. I'm more of a marketing, I'm more of a marketer or a marketing person or a marketing company who just right. so happens to be a realtor. Like, it's all about, you know, it's all about marketing and obviously social media, um, you know, plays a huge part in that. Um, you know, being on podcasts, um, you know, definitely um, helps with that. But, um, you know, I think that's the difference just for me personally, that's the difference is realizing how big of a part marketing plays because there's a lot of, there's a lot of realtors, um, you know, in the Chicago area. Um, you can, you know, you can close your eyes and, you know, point your finger and you can pr probably find, um, a realtor. So the marketing aspect of it, and then also, um, just being, being a good realtor, being a, you know, being a solid realtor, um, that's definitely something that I, you know, that I pride myself on. Um, you know, I, I target a lot of first time home buyers, um, unseasoned investors, because I've been through that process. I know what it's like to be, you know, I know what it's like to be a, a first time home buyer. I know what it's like to be an unseasoned investor. And so those, that's kind of my, my target demographic, um, to kind of, not kind of, but to give them all the information they need. It's, it, you know, honestly, it, it ends up being a lot of hand-holding. It ends up being a lot of hand-holding, but honestly, that's what a lot of, that's what a lot of first-time home buyers and a lot of um, inexperienced investors, that's what they need. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the things that, I mean, as you mentioned, that uh, 20 years working corporate before you did this, now it seems that you have a heart to also, after four years, to, to pour back into others and see others get involved, but specifically younger people get involved in real estate, right? What right. message would you give people to, to, to take that push or to even just think about it, right? Like, this is an opportunity to do something in an industry that can be very fruitful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just from... You know, whether you are, you know, a retail buyer, you know, looking to purchase your first home, looking to purchase your, purchase your first property or looking to purchase your first investment property, um, it definitely can be, you know, it definitely can be, definitely can be lucrative um, if you are, let's say, you know, a younger person and a little bit, you know, uncertain about where it is, you know, what it is you want to do with your life, what direction you want to go. There are multiple careers in real estate um, that you can do, be it a trade person, be it you know, like I said, be it an investor, you know, a, a rehabber, um, any of those things, you know, as long as you are, you know, a solid person and good at your job, you will never, ever be unemployed. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And it's all those good habits, right? And, and, and establishing them and coaching and things that, so when, as a realtor, and I think the, the industry, right, it has its ebbs and flows, but as you kind of go through that, how do you personally develop one through that? Obviously, you're getting coaching um, on one aspect, but even just 
maintain that balance between the things that are happening in your life. I mean, like you said, you're the marketer, you're everything, uh, you're the business, right? Um, how do you maintain that balance in your everyday life so that you don't you know, overdo it? You don't, uh, you know, um, stress yourself out. You know, you don't uh, overcommit and underdeliver. So how, yeah, talk to me about your personal, um, strategy it, for that yeah it's definitely difficult it's yeah. definitely difficult um a lot of it comes down to time management um you know time management plays a big part of it um but also um you know it, a big part of it is not being super reactive so you know let's say you've you know you've got something planned so let's say in the mornings between you know 10 and 11 that's why i do you know most of my marketing, you know, reaching out to past clients, current clients, um, you know, looking for referrals and things like that. And then, you know, I get an email that comes in that says, oh, well, you know, we're going to have to push this closing back. If the client doesn't do X, Y, Z, your immediate response is, oh, my God, I'm going to lose this transaction. I have to, you know, I have to take care of this right now. But in theory, you probably don't have to take care of it right at that exact moment, you know, Finish doing what it is, you, you know, finish doing whatever task it is you have set forth for that time period. And then you can, you know, take the time to respond or, you know, reach out to that client or that lender or that attorney, whatever the case may be. You can take the time to reach out to them, you know, at a later time. That's not to say that that is not important. But if you find yourself being reactive to every single thing that goes on, you know, in your day to day real to life, um, <laughs> you probably you won't get much accomplished. All right. Do you notice that that you went through that yourself, where you were being reactive and kind of freaking out about things in the beginning? Yeah, I'm still going through it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still going, I'm still going through it right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it definitely, uh, yeah, it definitely is a work in, it's definitely a work in progress. Um, I've gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better um, with it, um, with just not being so reactive and not just in my real to life, but just in my personal life also. You know, like you know, you kind of. I, I've uh, I like to I tell a lot of I tell myself a lot of times you know control the things that you can control um, and so that's what I you know that's what I try to do and try not to be super reactive because when you're super reactive that creates panic that creates worry and when you panic and you're worried you're <laughs> probably not going to get much accomplished absolutely absolutely and and with the state of everything that it's in and people i mean it's slowed down right it's slowed down from a couple of years ago and a year ago yeah um what what's the rhetoric or what are you telling prospects clients you know uh, uh just people in, in everyday conversation about the market and to kind of ease that right where everyone's well, maybe not say panicky but yeah i'm not gonna buy because interest rates are just too high yeah i mean of course there's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty in the market right now um but the thing the thing that i tell them is you know I'm just I'm just honest with them. You know, I'm just honest. Yes, interest rates, you know, interest rates are really high. Interest rates are higher than what we've seen probably over the course of the past two to three years, probably. Yes, interest rates are high. Um, but to be completely honest, and I'll be the first to tell you, I'm definitely not an economist. Mm -hmm. um, but to be honest, I don't see interest rates going down. Um, anytime soon, I think there's a chance that interest rates may even, you know, go up a little bit. Um, you know, I know the I don't want to get into that conversation, but I know the Fed is, you know, looking to raise interest rates yeah, to fight yeah. inflation and things like that. So there's a chance that interest rates, um, you know, will definitely go up. But also what I tell those buyers is, you know, remember, so you can buy right now. You can buy if you can afford it. You know, obviously it depends on your personal uh, financial situation. But if you can afford to buy right now at, I don't know, 7 percent. 
remember, if interest rates drop three years from now, provided, you know, you continue to pay your mortgage on time and things like that, you can always refinance, you know, three, four years from now at a much lower interest rate and then lower that payment. Like, remember, you're like, you're not stuck in this situation where it's seven and a half percent from now until you pay off the house. Like, you always have the option to refinance. And then what I tell my sellers, again, it's complete honesty, like, hey, listen, it's a tough market right now. No, there's not a ton of inventory out there right now, um, but there's also not a lot of buyers out there. Buyers mm-hmm. are afraid right now because interest rates are high, and so sellers don't quite have uh, the leverage or the advantage that they had, let's say maybe a year ago. Yeah. Right. And so you know, I'm. It was I'm, crazy. Though, yeah. It was. Then. Yeah. It was. It was insane. Like oh, yeah, last summer, like 30, 40, 50, 100 people lining up for a house. Yeah. I mean, just you know, and people paying. Fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand right. dollars over list price, even though the property wouldn't appraise out, which is a completely different conversation. Isn't that for crazy the, though? That if you think about that, and I and I, I never thought about it until right now, but that if you were to somehow equate that, I bet it could help in in just conversation with people, right, about who are hesitant to buy. That the, those same people who are willing to pay way over price immediately up front, right, are the ones who are afraid to take on a higher interest rate with the prospect of potentially lowering it in the future. But if you broke down the economics of it, it's, it might be way more expensive to overpay with a low interest rate than it would be to go to higher interest rate. It's, it, it's insane. Right. I, I mean, luckily, luckily I didn't have any, I, I didn't have any buyer clients at the time who were doing it. I mean, if you have a seller client, if you have a seller client, you have a buyer who's willing to pay that much, you know, over list price, then Fantastic. Works out great. Works out great right. for your seller. But I mean, if I've got a buyer client, I mean, again, I work for the client. So if they say I want this house no matter what, then right. I say, OK, that's fine. But I am strongly advising against paying that much right. over list price, especially if it doesn't appraise out. I mean, even if you have the available cash you know, to pay the difference between the appraisal and, you know, and an asking price, why would you do that? I mean, you're buy another house or something. Right, you're essentially, right. You're essentially coming to the house upside down. It's going to take, you know, depending on the amount that you pay over, it's going to take years to pay, you know, to pay off that negative equity. And so, the person who pays eight percent now, in three or four years, they're going to have equity. The person who overpays at three percent, three four years from now, is just going to be getting to break even. So, it, you know, it takes even longer to to get that equity back. So, I would one hundred percent advise, um, you know, advise against that and. You know, like I was saying, what I, you know, say to the seller clients, you know, you don't have the same leverage that, you know, sellers had, you know, maybe a year ago. Um, there's, you know, there's not as many buyers. The buyers are hesitant right now. Um, you know, we've, we're seeing, um, you know, across the Chicago area, we're seeing housing prices come down. I think the average price of a house right now, single family, um, just in the entire Chicagoland area, I think is down around. 325 back in June, July was up as high as 370, 375, right? So, wow. right. So prices have definitely, definitely come down. And what I'd say to those sellers is, you know, you you might want to consider, you know, if you get a buyer who's willing to buy, you know, you might want to consider offer if they're asking for a seller credit to help with closing costs. If it's affordable, you know, you might want to consider that. A year ago, we, no, a yeah, year ago, yeah. yeah, a year ago, it wasn't happening. Yeah. But now. We're seeing housing prices come down. We are definitely seeing sellers being willing willing to offer seller credits. But again, it's all about 
It's all about being honest. It's all about being informative and letting, be it a buyer client or a seller client, letting them know exactly what the situation is. And, you know, you guys work together to come to the best decision that works for your client. A hundred percent. Good advice. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The, the, the FOMO is real. People see the, the, the panic. Oh man, shortage in houses. I got to get out there. Everyone wants to move. <laughs> and then now that they have availability, it's they're freaking out because it's a little bit higher interest rate, right, right? It's a little bit higher. Yeah, a little bit. Higher. It is what it is. But anyway, for you, what's the future? What's the vision? What are you working towards? What can we expect in uh, you know 2023? Um, more clients, man. More clients. <laughs> yeah, more clients. Um, I think um, you know we're we're approaching or we're we're getting close to um, a balanced market. Um, so that makes negotiations between buyers and sellers, um, you know, a lot easier. Where one party doesn't have leverage over the other. Um, you know, just, you know, for me personally, um, you know, I'd like to um, take on more clients, um, you know, be it buyers, be it buyers or sellers. Again, my my primary focus is first time home buyers, unseasoned investors and things like that. Um, but, you know, I also, you know, I would like to take on, you know, take on more seller clients. You know, I would say to sellers, you know, don't be afraid to put, you know, don't be afraid to to list that house. Don't be afraid to put your house in the market. You know, we can find it. We can definitely find a buyer to buyers. I would say, um, you know, we can definitely find a house. You know, it may take us a little bit of work, um, but, you know, there's definitely a house out there. You know, last I think what, we're in October last month. I think we had something around forty four hundred new listings hit the market in Chicago, um, which, you know, I mean, some of those are probably properties that are unfavorable, you know, properties that need renovation. But, you know, you can definitely get creative with the financing. You know, there's investment loans, there's 203K loans, there's definitely, you know, it just, it depends. Again, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's path to home ownership is different. But I would say, you know, come talk to me. Um, you know, I work with a team. I've got, you know, I've got lenders, I've got attorneys, um, you know, I've got inspectors come and talk to me. We can definitely put something together that suits your personal financial situation to make something happen for you. Awesome. Well, how can people get a hold of you? How, uh, what can, how can they find you on social media? Um, so social media, you can find me Facebook, uh, Darian D. Veal. Um, LinkedIn is also Darian D. Veal. I'm on Instagram at DV Home Finder. Perfect. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for sharing your story and uh, encouraging others. All right, cool, man. Thanks for having me, Tony.